Hey guys, this is Mark Messer, and this is our podcast at MesserFit. I haven't done this in like, I don't know, six months. But now, we are going to do this weekly with Lee Sandlin and Nate Sexton. Nate, introduce yourself. Tell everybody about you. Uh, I'm Nate. <laughs> Professor Nate, right? Professor Nate, Dr. He, Nate. He is the doctor, Dr. and Nate. that is the main Dr. reason. Nate. The main reason he's here is because he is a professional. And we're professional, mm-hmm. mostly. Mm-hmm. And we trust him. Ish. Lee Sandlin. <clears throat> Introduce myself. Yeah, man. Uh, Lee Sandlin, uh, hobo for Jesus, and uh, lifter is a hobby. He is very way, always way too modest. <laughs> and then I'm Mark Messer, and I'm the guy that started this whole bunch of nonsense. <laughs> the, the shenanigans <laughs> in a box. The yes. shenanigans in a box. And I also don't know how to edit this podcast, so this is going to be straight up uh, as it falls out of our mouth. I don't know how to get rid of it. So filters <laughs> are slightly... We're, we're old enough to know how to use an iPhone, but not, not young enough to, 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 to know how to edit it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk today a little bit about... Uh, well, actually, how about you? Well, I think he brought up the topic. I think any podcast that, that comes from a gym should start with the, the most fundamental question, and that is that you know what does it what does it mean to be strong? You know why and why does it matter? You know what what is you know why do we do what you do? Why do you come to the gym? Why do you go to work? Why do you you know why do you do anything? Um, you know, and uh, that would be the question that we're going to talk about today, and I think we'll. Uh, the good news about the question about what it means to be strong, you know, could cover the areas of, uh, you know, not only just physical fitness but metaphysics, uh, uh, psychology. There's all kinds of things in there that we could, we could play off theology. We can deal with a lot of issues with strength uh, because I think it's a fundamental, fundamental question of life. Mm. For a couple of reasons, right? So I primarily train because it is the best way for me to blow off steam <laughs> and to process all the other things going on in my life outside what is very controllable inside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, that's first and foremost, so it's a me thing. Secondly, uh, I train for my kids, right? I want to be a good example for my kids to know that it's okay to grow up with a... It's okay right, to be bigger and stronger than everybody else, and at some point those things should be encouraged. And, it's okay uh, to keep scoring Go ahead and keep scoring. <laughs> that, is, that is so fantastic. I, I feel like we're getting ready to head towards a, uh, like, it's okay not to be small campaign. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's okay not to be small. That's right. Yeah. This is an anti-body shaming podcast. Yeah, so it's like, it's turned, okay to be big and own it. It's okay to yeah. be strong and own it, whether you're, you yeah. know, particularly, you know, I have a I have a scrawny son who is just built that way. He's long and lean. He's and, talking about me right now. Uh, yes. If no, we were to build this pod, get, Mark, podcast Mark. as a sandwich, I would be one slice of turkey in between two ginormous <laughs> pretzel rolls. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then, uh, and then my daughter is built a little more like me, right? So it's okay to it's okay to own that and to be strong and sure, um, you know. And then there's also the pride factor of, you know, they'll tell you now that I'm the strongest person they know, which is important to me as a father, right? Sure. It's also important for me when she starts dating that she remembers that I'm the strongest person that she knows. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Yeah. So those are, those are <clears> the <throat> primary reasons I train. Hmm. Well, I think the, uh, you know, I was the one that started the question of, you know, what is it, uh, what does it mean to be strong or why do we train and all that? And uh, so uh, even though I'm the only person in the room without letters, I'm going to start with the uh, philosophical, uh, <laughs> let's start with the uh, philosophical point of the idea is that I think the strength is, you know, call you, call you Mr. Lee, if that makes you feel yeah. <laughs> Mr. Lee. Yes, I, I think the, uh, <laughs> The idea of strength is, is, is the ability to overcome an obstacle, pure and simple. Uh, everybody, I think, in life does something to make themselves better because there's something in their way from getting them to where they, where they are, uh, to where they want to be. And I think everybody believes that uh, being better, being stronger is probably the single greatest, uh, you know, ends to that mean. You know what I'm saying? And that is, I think as a kid, you always felt like if when I grow up, I'll be... Uh, if I'm stronger, I can do this. If I was better, I would do that. And so I think that why do we train? It's like Nate said, 
uh, was the idea to be better for his children, to things like that. I mean, there, there's obviously this idea that we need to be better and being stronger as a way uh, to provide more, to protect. I think as men, we have the desire to, you know, protect, preserve, defend. I think that's, you know, to be an example, uh, you know, to other people. So I think we talk about training is I think we all uh, have, a, have a fundamental, intrinsic desire uh, to provide for and be better and to be stronger for the people that we care about. And I think that's the, that's the essence of training. Um, you know, we always make the joke about the, uh, there's a hashtag online right now that I adore. It is my new favorite thing in the entire world. We've all, Nate, Mark and I have joked about it this week for the last couple weeks. Is it gas station ready? Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag gas, gas station ready. Is that an actual hashtag? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we made no, it. No, no, I wish we did. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding I me? I wish, yeah, but, uh. Anyway, uh, uh, that's not our hashtag. I wish it were, but, uh, uh, anyway, we want it. But the idea is that, that, so my idea is my thought about this, when I heard the hashtag gas station ready, yeah, the gas station ready, it just means that if you've ever been in line (laughs) at a gas station, you've seen any Charles Bronson, Chuck Norris movie or that you're standing in line and you're just waiting for that one guy to jump in there with a gun or (laughs) or somebody to pop off and you have to put them down. You know what I'm saying? I think we all fear that because we, we always, you know, so not fear, but we're always like, uh, you're always waiting for that. I don't think I've ever, ever been in my life where I've stood in the line at a gas station where in my mind I didn't play through that image of me having to, like, you know, grab a gun from somebody, you know, yeah. beat somebody with a two liter. You know what I'm saying? You, you've always had that mind about <laughs> beat somebody with a two liter. Yeah. You're, you're always looking around going like, like a, a big slam cola. <laughs> <laughs> You're always looking around trying to figure out. You're always trying to find what what, what am I going to grab? What am I going to do? But by being strong, you know, you become more of the weapon. You're you are the weapon. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's something we all all desires to defend the uh, you know the weak, the the poor, and the innocent. So that is to me the essence of training is the ability to overcome obstacles and to uh, to defend the people that I care about. So yeah, I. Why I train, I mean, I'm going back to like when I first started, um, like literally the reason I started training because uh, I thought that girls didn't like skateboarders. <laughs> no joke. I'm like, I'm like, girls are going to want guys that don't look like skateboarders. And uh, I was probably wrong about that. And that's kind of, I mean, um, and it's funny that... that that, that. I, I have some inside information that your wife liked you better as a fat power lifter. Uh, she did. And she <laughs> reminds me of that constantly. Like, hey, remember when you were 80 pounds heavier? <clears throat> and so, I mean, uh, as far as strength, like what is strength? I mean, that's, that's kind of a hard thing because, I mean, I've been um, – I've been – I've bench pressed 430 pounds. But uh, at that point, I couldn't, I couldn't run a 5K. I couldn't do a muscle up. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Every year, my family, I weigh 385, and my family does a 5K every year. And I make a rule as long as both feet aren't on the ground at the same time. So let's, let's define yawning. I walk a 5K, yes. Because <laughs> I can yog a 5K. I'm yeah. Silent J on the I can yeah. yog a 5K. But yeah. all I define jogging as is that as long as both feet yeah. aren't on the same ground, yeah. Yeah. I would say I would just say my definition of strength has has changed. Uh, it, it's very fluid as as my my training career has progressed. Um, I wouldn't say that the same thing I thought in college was strong is the is the same thing I think is strong now. Um, why I train personally is I I really just think I'm addicted to it. Like I. I use it to like what Nate says, just to, to blow off steam and, and focus on, on one thing and be good at it. Um, I, I, as far apart from that, I, I train to maintain a, a healthy quality of life for my family, for my kids. Um, my daughter absolutely loves it. She was always asking me to, to come to the train uh, gym and train. Um, so those are things that, that are, those are those intangibles, but I think just on a personal level, um, I mean, it, it physically picks me up out of, of if I'm, if I'm down or whatever, I mean, I come to the gym and I train and, um, it just helps me stay aligned, uh, which is, which is crazy to think about, but, um, I would say that's my, cause, cause that's you're my so favorite. well adjusted. 
Yeah, I'm just super, <laughs> super well adjusted. <laughs> I, I think calm like a bomb was, uh, yes. was labeled after Mark Messer. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Just one little TikTok sets me off. <laughs> yeah, you guys bring up a couple of interesting points there, right? So I originally started training forever ago because I've been in and out. Yeah. Right? And I trained originally to be thin. Yeah. Right? Like I trained all the vanity muscles. Totally. That's what I trained for. Yeah. I didn't care how much I lifted. I just wanted to look like a bodybuilder. I wanted cut abs. And then later I even stopped lifting weights and did uh, Iron man sort of things yeah. and running. Because and, that's not a miserable life. But um, <laughs> it did all those things because I literally worked out to be quote unquote thin. And then, you know, the other thing about that is when you talk about the life balance, that's funny because what I find in training is that a couple of things, right? I'm a big believer in mind, spirit, body. So you got to work out all three of those things to live a balanced life. Yeah. But the gym is one. The box is one of those places where you can come in, and some days you can be a lion, and some days you can be a wolf. Right? You can be. You can you can adapt a lot of personalities on any given day, depending on what you're looking for from your training. And I think that gives you an interesting release point to help balance all three of those areas. I think we just missed those. The Oprah moment. Where Nate just said he at one time trained to be an Iron Man, and because it's a podcast, you can't see my mouth open. <laughs> like he just told me that he like he like uh, that he like actually likes Michigan or something like that. It's like, 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 like oh no, uh, I'm gonna offend a lot of people right now, and uh, and I don't mind being a little offensive because it's it's meant for humor, so everybody laugh a little bit. But I always thought it was funny we're talking about training for for physique. <laughs> I always thought it'd be funny that that like if you decided to be like a like a marathon runner. That your end goal for a body style would be uh, that you uh, make a tank top look big. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the idea that, like, but I'm saying, like the idea is that at least if you lift weights, at the end you're gonna have like bigger muscles and you'll be like you'll look like people in comic books and all that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's always awesome because I've never, you know, nobody ever goes to a marathon runner and goes like. Hey, what's your best mile split? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whereas for me, I get asked hey, for my I get, I get asked for my bench presses all the time. People go, Hey, what do you bench? Like it's every day I get asked what I bench. I I mean I agree. I mean I the but I think that I think the whole industry has changed as a whole. Like um like I've been asked more what my best mile time is in the past three years than I have ever been. Nobody's ever asked me that. CrossFit is the new Canada. We're just going to blame them for everything. I'm CrossFit for everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. They, they've changed the landscape of, of, I think, what is strong and what is now, now, Nate and I have a joke, and I'm gonna, I'll am go ahead and be cathartic on the podcast here. Yeah. We've always made the joke, though, about uh, various uh, calisthenic moves in the gym, is that if, if a car falls on somebody... Nobody ever runs into the gym going like, like, where was that guy doing all the burpees? I need that guy. There's a car that fell on somebody. <laughs> yes. so, so I'm still taking uh, pride in the fact that if somebody ran into the gym, they're going to go, where is that guy that deadlifts all that weight? I, yeah. want, that, I want the strong guy. I don't yeah. want the, yes. But make sure that car isn't more than a quarter mile away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple things I heard there. One, we're starting to move into make tank tops small again. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, two, I think it what goes back to that working out and the different aspects, right? So different phases of your life sometimes call for different regimens. Yeah. Right, right now, I can tell you, I'm chasing fat and strong. And I would trade pieces of the world to be that much stronger. I almost spit longer every day. Chasing fat and strong. That is the hashtag of this episode, chasing fat and strong. And I'm smart enough to realize at some point I'll have to stop chasing fat and strong and chase healthy and long life, right? So at some point, my guess is that morphs again. And long term, I'd actually like to do an Ironman. I just can't imagine that at 340 pounds. (laughs) So I, I think that's the beauty of fitness in general, right? You have all these different ways, these different things, and when you're as fit, when you're when you're competing at a high level in one area, you can walk over, and you have to start from scratch almost in another area, right? You may yeah. be good at some specialized movements, but at the end of the day, you got to find a way to do it all over again. I think that's the beauty of it because you're not stuck in one thing, and if you don't like, because it's one thing to do something in and out and be good at it, it's another thing to take on a whole new challenge and be like, hey, I did this and competed at a high level. What what I can do over here at a high level, right? And to start that process all over again, to me, there's just something renewing and being able to do that from, again, that whole 
body concept, right? So what do you think? Do you think do you think strength is balance? Or do you think strength is... I think strength is more than just how strong in numbers that you can lift and how Agreed. far you can run. Yeah. I think it's a lifestyle. I think you can grind through things nobody yeah. else can grind through. Right? Agreed. I think 100%. when you... When you battle cancer, if you're used to grinding it out in the gym, I think it's a different aspect than if yeah. well, you don't push yourself to certain limits in certain areas, right? Uh, I think when you're in a tough relationship situation, yeah. I think it's harder to deal with that and to make choices that you need to make because you, mentally you're not as strong. And you know, strength is strong from a body aspect, but you know, once you're in the box again, it's mine. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're only as strong as your mind will let you be. Heck yeah. Well, I think I think the most under uh, valued aspect of strength training in general, regardless of what you're training for, is the fact that over time you develop a a tolerance to pain, yeah. and you also push your limits. So, like Nate saying, <clears throat> pain doesn't surprise you anymore. I th- I can imagine somebody who goes through life and does nothing, or never pushes their limits, or never challenges their their physical yeah. mental limits. Also, when they get real pain, that's got to be a shock. It's like, oh my goodness, never felt this. But in life. Uh, whether through injury or loss or like like Nate was saying, whether it be relationships or you know death or that, I can honestly say that I believe that that, that training, uh, the aspect of training that deals with pain and during pain, you're not shocked and also you know what to do. Like when I get hurt or something gets messed up, I know how to deal with it because you over time you've slowly built that tolerance to pain, so you're not surprised by it. Like when I but when you tear your muscles, you're like you're like okay. I know what to do and it doesn't shock you. So the value of just being conditioned to pain, I think is a huge valuable asset to training in general that isn't, isn't a tangible, like uh, a quantifiable number. It's something that you build up over time and training. You, you, you learn to, yeah. Yeah, no, there's not one of us in this room that hasn't trained through or into or around an injury. Right? Oh yeah. Because you don't want to give up training. And what does that teach yeah. you in life? Yeah. Everything doesn't just happen and fall into place easily, right? It takes work. And yeah. just because it's not working doesn't mean you can just back off and not do it for months at a time until it's just suddenly better. Yeah. It takes work. You got to work at it, right? You got to find ways to work around it. You got to find pathways that... You got to find yeah. a different way to your goals, yeah. right? Yeah. 90% of all record holders at MasterFit have metal in their body. If you don't have metal, you're not on the wall. <laughs> you're not on the wall. You don't need to do That's what's wrong with Nate. Nate needs some metal. He's getting surgery this week. That's great. So uh, on that, we've been, we've been going... Or chasing fat strong. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we'll, uh, we've been going 20 minutes now. Uh, the two hashtags for today uh, are chasing fat and strong and gas station ready, which has blown my mind that I, we didn't own that hashtag. So, okay. Uh, okay. Nobody owns hashtag convenience store ready. And they're far more dangerous. <laughs> than 7-Eleven ready. Yeah. So yeah. So they're far more dangerous than yeah. gas station. Yes. I love yes. it. So uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Friday. And maybe I'll try to figure out how to edit these things. And feel free to send topics when you message them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, send, send topics out. We'd love we to will it. talk about anything. No subjects off limits. Well, and if, if you notice, this is why we, we invited the doctor, the good Dr. Nate. Good Dr. Because Nate. Because he threw down today. Yeah. So um, we'll see you next week. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Messer Fit Mafia podcast. I am rolling solo today. And uh, <clears throat> I just want to talk about something that, that comes up a lot in my, uh, in my job, working with people and uh, transformations and fat loss and building muscle. Um, the, to- the topic being, what do you do when fat loss stops? Um, and I'm just going to kind of roll down some of the the main points that I go over with people. Um, the first thing is is that that based on on self-reported studies uh, or self-reported um, instances and one of the most recent studies that I've read that uh, people who stop making progress um, with their fat loss or weight loss, 50% of them report and if 50, if half of the people are reporting this, then I'm sure the number is actually more because people are notorious for not actually saying what's really happening. Uh, 50% of the people stop making progress because they stopped doing what was giving them success in the first place. So they, they might not manage their calories uh, like they were previous. They might stop weighing their food. Um, they might stop... Uh, uh, they might have more than a couple cheat days a week. 
Um, they might just uh, relax on the weekends. Um, and when you're in when you're in a position where you've been where you've been dieting and you're and you're even closer now to your 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 maintenance level calories, one day can literally screw you for three to four days. And if you go three to four days and then you screw up again, you're you're deadlocked. There's nothing happening. Um, so when fat loss stops, that's when you need to dial in even more. You need to buckle down and focus on what you're doing even more because you get tired of it. Um, you just want to be like everybody else and eat pizza and French fries all day. I'm just kidding, but um, that that's that's just what you need to do when. Point number one, if things start to come to a halt, look back on your schedule, look back at your food log. What are you actually consuming? Um, have, you, have you slacked off? Um, and then from there, um, make your moves forward. Uh, the next is what your actual calorie load is. So <clears throat> depending on, on your training, depending on uh, your, your maintenance level based on how much weight you have lost, um, you can do one of two things. Uh, you can either cut calories or you can reassess and add calories back. So, and that has a lot to do with your, your body fat mass and your lean mass, lean, lean, lean tissue. So, uh, I would suggest consulting with a, uh, with a strength professional or fitness professional and kind of dialing in on exactly what your body composition is then looking at um, your daily energy expenditure. Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Um, have you changed jobs? Are you, more, are you more active? Are you less active? Are you at the gym more? Are you spending more time um, doing specific uh, conditioning drills at the gym? Are you doing less time? Are you spending more time weightlifting? Um, the, the, uh, the inputs to that equation are endless and um, um, it's good to kind of sit down with somebody and kind of dial in on what's actually happening on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. So you can get an idea of how many calories um, and what, what your macronutrients should basically look like. Uh, the third is drink water. And I, I mean, I try to drill this into people uh, constantly. But number one, it helps you take a dump. Like... You got to make sure that your your digestion process is working. Um, if you're going four or five days without pooping, we got problems, and you got to start slamming some water. Um, you'll actually burn two to three percent more calories on a day-to-day basis if you maintain uh, a proper water level, um, because it temporarily increases energy expenditure because of cold water being dumped into your gut. <clears throat> it's an appetite suppressant. You're, you're gonna have uh, a um, less likelihood of, of binging on, on the uh, break room donuts. And uh, the first step of fat or lipolysis is hydrolysis. Um, you can't effectively burn fat as fuel if you're super dehydrated. So make sure that that is, that is part of, of your your reassessment um, as you look at where you are. Uh, are you actually taking in enough water uh, based on your goals? So, and really goals have nothing to do with it. You need to maintain your hydration. So regardless, just make sure you're drinking. And I would say as a rule, I mean, between 60 and 90 ounces uh, for, for most people. Um, the next thing I kind of mentioned this in reassessing your, where you've been and where you're going, what you're doing, um, look at your workouts. Uh, are your, are your workouts tending one direction or the other? Are they more conditioning biased? Are they more strength biased? Um, are you actually burning the same amount of calories in your workouts as you were when you were making certain progresses, uh, when you were dropping fat or losing weight? Um, kind of make that determination, figure out where you're at. Um, you might need to, you might need to add a little bit more metabolic conditioning or, uh, you might need to add a little bit more strength training because your, your body fat 
is stabilized and your lean mass is also stabilized. So there, there's, some, there's some key things that you can dial in there. Um, and we'll try to get into that into more detail um, in, another, in another one of these podcasts. But that, that's, a, that's a good little topic and we'll, we're gonna dive into that a little bit more. Uh, one thing I do talk, uh, talk to people about is just adding more um, general physical activity throughout the day. So if you are able to take a 10 minute walk after eating, then um, you should definitely do so. So eating your meal and instead of sitting, scrolling through Facebook at your, at your break table or at, at your desk, um, get up and do some laps around the, the plant or around the office. Um, if they, if your, uh, if your, uh, work facility has a, has a gym, go hop on the treadmill. Um, anything like that to increase that, um, that daily burn is going to be a, is going to be a big thing. And especially at the, if you're able to do it at, at work, um, all the added bonuses, uh, of giving, getting some physical activity, um, will be added onto that. So next is, uh. Managing stress. Sorry, I'm kind of going fast, but I know everybody has a pretty uh, uh, short. What word am I looking for? I'm saying imagination in my head. Uh, uh, well, I've just ruined that. But uh, just managing stress. Okay, so knowing knowing where you are in your life. Like, have you had a new child? Are you moving? Um, are you, uh, are you under the gun at work? Uh, all of those things go into, to an increased stress load and training and working out is just another stressor. Um, yes, you can use it to help you de-stress, um, because you're, you're exerting some physical activity, especially if you're, um, if you're in an office type work environment. Um, but your body doesn't necessarily understand the difference between a physical stressor uh, and a mental stressor in it as it accumulates stress on the system. So it's just another stressful period that you're going through and you need to, you need to understand and take steps to help mitigate uh, stress on a daily basis, whether that is uh, breathing techniques, whether that's uh, meditation in the morning, uh, whether it's uh, it's actively working on your your outlook on life and um, uh, the reason and the why and the the why that you do things. Um, it's it's very important uh, in in managing that stress load. Um, but again, that's another massive topic. So going into managing stress is sleep. Um, we have to maintain quality sleep. And yes, there's gonna be some outliers, but the, the, the general rule is that we really need to be sleeping between seven and nine hours a night. Um, it increases your, your metabolic rate. You, if, you ever, if you ever notice how you um, how you react to food when you're, when you're not sleeping correctly, you have a tendency to, to really fall off the rails pretty quickly. Um, and that's just a natural, a natural response to being from your body being stressed from not sleeping properly. Um, so the last thing is a little bit more technical. Let's say that everything, you're doing everything right, you're not stressed, your workouts are great, you just you seem like you just ran into a, a brick wall. Um, <clears throat> the main things that I like to do with people is not, uh, when it comes to diet, throw a grenade into their, their whole system. I like to make little tweaks and to see how they respond to specific things over time. One of the main things I do with people is, is I try intermittent fasting with them. It, it really, uh, based on our culture, it kind of really works out well. Most people are super rushed in the morning um, and they have a little bit more time at night usually where they can, where they can eat a little bit more. So 
Uh, intermittent fasting is, is just creating a, a fasting window, a long fasting window, basically between about a 16-hour fasting window. And then you take the remaining 20, uh, of the, the remaining uh, time in the day to, to eat. So most people fast from about 8 o'clock at night till about 12 uh, the next morning or 12 noon uh, the next day. So you can kind of adjust that that window based on your on your lifestyle. So it doesn't have to be an, an 8 to 12. It can be whatever you need it to be. Um, but from the studies that I've read, and there's one that I'm gonna, I'll link in the show notes, it, uh, it kind of reviewed a lot of studies about intermittent fasting. Um, it found that about three to, three to 8% uh, weight loss and about three to 7%, three to 7% d- decrease in waist circumference within three to 24 weeks of implementing uh, intermittent fasting. So the importance here is is that you need to understand your caloric load. Um, what it, what intermittent fasting can do is help balance a little bit of, uh, of hormonal um, issues, and it could also help de-stress the system, um, giving it a break uh, a little bit longer that, that in that fasting window. Um, and intermittent fasting is is is. Uh, an interesting concept. Uh, we know we have a lot of people that do it and uh, see good results with it. Um, and especially if you are, you tend to not respond well to carbohydrates. Uh, it's also a it's a relatively good good way to go. Uh, so those are just some key. How many how many is that? So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight. So those are eight keys to, uh, to kind of work if you have noticed that weight loss or fat loss has stopped. And we'll kind of dive into those a little bit more as, uh, as we bring out more podcasts and I'll get the guys back and, and we'll hammer it out. So, uh, enjoy the rest of your, uh, beautiful weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Guys, welcome to the Messer Fit Mafia podcast. We've got the crew back with you today. So we've got Lee Sandlin, Nate Sexton, Dr. Swole over here. <laughs> so we're going to go through some things. Um, uh, our, our basically our thankful list for the gym, the our, our thankful fitness list. And uh, we'll, we'll elaborate on all of these, but straight up. Number one, specialty bars. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for workout partners. We're thankful for a group of gym yodas, a community that you find at, the, at your local training gym, optimal space for picking things up and putting them down, and garage doors. And then last but not least, the gym free table. Free table, yes. So you can, every gym has to have a free table where people can get rid of crap they don't want. <laughs> Um, because it's gone like immediately. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Like, like, like people, yeah. people will bring in like, uh, 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 seeds and bulbs for plants and they're just like gone. But, uh, so starting out with workout partners, I think people, especially uh, bars. I mean, starting out with specialty bars. Like, so we, we started out, we started this gym with a barbell I pulled out of the trash can and like no joke out of the trash can. And uh, um, the end would fall off. <laughs> the end would fall off at random. I still have it. It's in the it's in the back room. I need to have it welded. But I still yeah. It's a it's an old Troy bar from a uh, high school weightlifting room that they threw away. Um, and then just the weights that I used to use when I was a kid in my basement. That's how we that's how we got this whole thing started. But uh, now we got a plethora. We actually have so many barbells. That that Lee or that Nate tried to sell me is I'm like I don't even know where I where I can put it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually to that point. <clears throat> but uh, I would say my favorite specialty bar is the the rackable camber bar. Like only you. I I that bar I think that bar single handedly saved my my ability to squat. 
Because well, you're not talking about the Easy Bar, you're talking about the Yoke Bar. Or the Yoke Bar. The yolk bar. Oh, yeah. my. The Rack Yeah, 100% yeah. Yoke Bar, yeah. I mean, I, uh, after messing up my patella tendon, I, I couldn't squat at all. And then diving into box squats with that, the cambered bar or the Yoke Bar is the only reason I'm able, I was able to squat again. So, because it actually taught me how to squat right. Sure. Sure, yeah. and, and I think it's, it's amazing that not only, you know, um, it's, it's, it's like having different flavors of cereal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you get tired of eating the same cereal all the time, but yeah. for some reason, if you change bars, like, squatting becomes exciting again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like if I use a different bar every week, like, go from the easy squat bar to the yoke, like, like it, it, makes it, it makes it fun again. It's like, a, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're setting PRs in. All kinds of different things. All kinds of different things. Not to mention we have the world's worst easy squat bar. <laughs> it's everything but an easy squat it bar. It is the hardest bar to squat with. I think the, yeah, I think the greatest lie ever told was that, that there is nothing easy about the easy squat bar. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to hold. It's not even easy to hold. I mean, it's... it's not like, even easy to rack. Not even easy. There's nothing... <laughs> there's nothing, nothing easy about it. Yeah. Like most there. most easy squat bars is going to take thirty percent off your squat. This will easily take like fifty six percent off your yes. squat. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. yeah. Lee's Lee's over here squatting three hundred seventy five pounds and like barely getting out into the rack. Struggling. <laughs> yes. Like a core exercise is a squat. Exactly. Yes. The way it shifts the weight. Yeah. yeah you, you know you're done with the easy squat bar when your guts hurt. Like, you're like <laughs> your legs are still pumping, but your guts hurt. It's like yeah. Uh, yeah. We all know what Nate's favorite specialty bar is. Well, Can, love the log. I love log. Yeah, <laughs> I love log. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure that he takes the log home and sleeps with it next to him in his bed at night. Kenny Loggins and him are yeah. friendly. Yes. We are. I do love the log. Yeah. It's a hit-love-hate relationship. <laughs> I love it. It hates my biceps. Hate it. Yeah. Yep. We don't even ask people what they bench press anymore. We we actually just ask them what they log press. They log press. And we determine how to judge them from there. <laughs> what do you log press and what are you good morning? Like, what, are you good morning? Yeah. what are you good morning what do you log press? I can yeah. tell everything about a person. Exactly right. Exactly. And how tough you are yep. and how strong you are. Yep. 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 But I, I think there's this idea, though, of being more, uh, you know, dealing with more of the, uh, uh, the mechanics of it all. And that is if you hammer the same angle, yep. same joint, week in and week out, no, no matter how good barbells are, eventually you're going to lead to overuse, repetitive stress with that. Not just the boredom factor, mm-hmm. it was the idea. So there's a benefit. Not only do you get exciting new movements out of having specialty bars, but you also hit different angles, and therefore you can have time to recover. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so the idea is it makes you stronger because you're recovering. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're, you're hitting different different parts of the movement so and you can with that you can adjust your your training intensity just by changing your bar bars up sure and so you could you could re- i mean you could train at a maximum load sure but overall on the system you're yeah. not you're not driving that that max your maximum potential in every single lift yeah and, and i think it's the same way with like the accommodating things like that mm-hmm. you can always maximize something so you so training is also fun because you can always go heavy, but you're not mm-hmm. destroying yourself because you're not hitting that same yeah. modality over and over again. Exactly. So get yourself some specialty bars. Yeah. Or come to Best Friend and train on ours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, start a home gym. Nope, don't do that. Don't do that. Bad idea. <laughs> Bad idea. That's you what, sold mine. That's Bad what idea. Facebook Marketplace was invented for. <laughs> yes. It was. Fill it on out. Get out. <laughs> we already have the bars. Come on in. The water's yeah. warm. Yeah, the water's warm. The water's warm. Yeah, the water's good. <laughs> okay, so workout partners. This is a huge one. I really think this is so underestimated. Sure. Um, I mean, I know for me, I, I've spent the majority of my life training alone. Sure. Um, just because nobody ever wanted to come every day yeah. and actually train. Yeah. Uh, but as I get older and and my, I mean, things have changed a little bit recently, but um, I think it's just so important to have somebody to show up for. Yeah. And that will actually push you. Um, that you can that you can either kind of idle idle off of or um, kind of pace or their when your when your energy is low their energy is up. Um, it's it's really important to have that those people in your corner. And it doesn't have to be the same person. It can be especially in a training facility or a training gym. It can be multiple different people that that keep you going, but. Um, I think it's really important. And that's why I think the class aspect is, is, sure. is kind of a big deal. 
for most people in like the general population who are who are who are getting stronger and whose goals are to have a healthier and stronger life. So, you know. Well, to me, the the the, the, uh, the fundamental advantage though is that somebody that's always watching you technically, but also if you have an honest partner yeah. that will tell you, man, that was garbage or that was good. The idea. And also the, the pushing forward to the next level, because you know when you're training by yourself, sometimes you get a bad lift, and you're like, you're like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, the partner just be like, okay, you know, one more. Like you know, there's totally. always that little, totally. you know, maximize the effort, but also somebody who can look at your form technique and tell you, hey, was that was that fast? Was that, that was slow? Great. How that how that yeah. look? Should I go on? Because even if you videotape yourself, you're not really honest with yourself. No. Video doesn't really, and then setting up video. Yeah, it takes forever. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing good about it. They can help you take off the 45s. Yep. Yeah. Half the, yeah, half the loading time. <laughs> half the loading time. time. Yeah. 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 But also, I think just like any appointment, showing up for that person. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. Like having that accountability. Yeah, showing up. Yep. Yeah, it's big too. Like on the days, there's just days you, it's a, it's a grind to be here, right? When you yeah. have that person that makes it less of a grind. So for oh, sure, I mean, yeah, you I mean, got to come in, you got to show up, or else you got to send that. That text, like, hey, I'm not gonna make it into that round. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So, so that aspect. I know. Then, uh, yeah. At least twice this month, I've, I've, uh, I started the day with a training partner, but then didn't have one, and then I ended up just playing on the computer and, instead of actually working out hard. Well, and, and the power, and the, the power of even having a spotter. Oh, it's isn't, huge. It isn't so much safety as much as it is. I mean, safety is important. Yeah. But the idea of having somebody that you trust to, you know, to, to monitor your technique, but also to know that they're there, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea, it's, 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 it's valuable. Yeah. Because for some reason, there's an encouragement when somebody, you know, hands the bar. There's, there's, more, there's just an encouragement there that doesn't exist when you're just doing it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to surrounding yourself with gym yodas. Yes. Um, Sometimes they tell you the things you want to hear, and sometimes they tell you the things that you don't want to hear. I mean, it's up to you to listen to it, but it's, uh, it's good to have that, that uh, wall that you can bounce things off of and, and talk through training progressions. And, um, also in the gym, I mean, you know, I've used Marcus as a resource forever, but also there are tons of people in the gym that have done other things, different sports. Totally. Like so you can ask different perspectives. So somebody's, somebody's like, has an expertise in different areas. Yeah. You know, the more educated people you have, and also the more practically educated, you know, people that have actually done it, you know, who have played sports and uh, lifted weight, you know, like, different levels of that. You can have somebody who's not, has practical knowledge. And like I said, so the man, you know, a man with many counselors wise, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, having all those resources is huge. Yeah. Even then, just somebody kind of looking out like to say, hey, you know, maybe you're not training enough or maybe you're overtraining or <laughs> yeah. somebody kind of sees those patterns, right? Yeah. And points that out to you because sometimes it's missed. I know that's my biggest thing is I, I don't, I don't realize that I'm overtraining until I'm probably six weeks into overtraining. Sure. Yeah, sure. And, and I still even ignore those, those, uh, those warning signs mm -hmm. because I, I just get, I put my head down and I grind and then, uh, and then, I mean, you can go, you can, you can Google what overtraining symptoms are, but, uh, <clears throat> so Mark, Mark, Mark and Nate are, are grinders. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a bougie lifter. <laughs> so I, I, I go into existential crisis when I miss one lift and one workout. Yes. Yes. I'm ready to trash it all. And like, <laughs> do New programming. New programming. It's gotta be the program. It's yeah. gotta be the program. <laughs> I don't miss lifts. So, yeah. So yeah. 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 I, it's, I don't, I, I rarely miss lifts either. It's the, I try not to ever purposely miss a lift, but it's, uh, it's an account, it's a, it's a, a building stress that, that digs on me just because yeah. of, of what CrossFit is and having to train in 37 different <laughs> modalities. For me, it's kind of having me in a wanting to be strong, but also wanting to be fit. Yeah. yeah. Right? And the volume number just, yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to balance heavy. Yep. And volume. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the gym yodas, but even talking about partners combined with that. But you know, when you're used to seeing people lift, you have that community. Mm -hmm. People lift, and all of a sudden, when you see them do something, you're like, "Wait a minute!" Like you look, and you're like, "Wow, that's really good. You've come a long way." Yeah. Look, you go, "Wow, a couple weeks ago, that looked." Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Just even somebody that pays attention to your. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done that to me. Oh, I've watched. Yeah, I've seen a million where, times. Were you slow, fast? You know, yeah. That, what happened? Yeah. 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 Are you turtle shelled or are turtle you, shell? Yeah. Or yeah. Is yeah, your yeah. technique good? Yeah. How's it? How's it working? Yeah. 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 
Um, so that kind of builds into the community of the tr of a training gym, just uh, not just those those counselor slash kind of higher level um, people, but also just the the general community and feel of everybody pushing towards the same goal. Um, it's kind of a kind of a powerful little situation to be a part of if you are looking for. I, I would say I've worked out MasterFit for a decade or so more now so that I'd say that. You know, I've got 20-plus friends that I consider friends yeah. just from the gym. Yeah. People that I would, you know, have gone out to eat with or hung out with or helped outside of the gym, you know, done something outside of the gym or something like that. But, yeah, 20 at least, 20-plus people that, you know, that right. I know that I consider friends now that are, yeah, that I've met just in the gym. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah, no, super important, right? Like, uh, even even with uh, my daughter and I going up and serving with Lee yep. once a month, right, on the, at, the, at the kitchen, that's opened up, like, a world of opportunities, not just from hanging out with Lee, but, like, all these conversations with my daughter, right? Probably something we wouldn't have done had I not started working out with Lee. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, we really need to get a, a gym day. I got one open. Put on the schedule. I got one open, so, yeah. So we, we can get a group of people to go up there. Yep, that'd be fun. All right. Just but, uh, so everybody hears that. <laughs> we're doing a gym day the, the, monthly at the soup kitchen yeah. at the soup kitchen yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah community I, I think once again if, if having a trainer partner makes you accountable how much more accountable are you when you come into a you know group of people that are there that you see all the time and so the power of that you know like you see my 5.30 morning like they go I, I, you hear it all the time here like I haven't seen so and so you know there's yeah. accountability of not seeing that person yeah reaching out to them and wondering what's going on yeah yeah and I'm implementing systems that makes that even harder for people to skip. <laughs> uh, for people that have been around for a while, I mean, I think optimal space for picking things up and putting them down and then garage doors, those are, those are big time thankful things for us. Super thankful. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, when we started the gym, it was 2,500 square feet. Um, cool little spot like I actually I have very fond memories of that of oh, that great. space yeah um and and we started or when I started it was it was a lot different um than I technically wanted it to be because I was I was trying to go after a specific clientele group not necessarily just have the gym that I wanted in my a basement. Studio, yeah. yeah. So, but over time, it's it's kind of changed and morphed into more of the the place that I would want to be, um, which turns out that that's the place that lots of people want to sure. be. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, having garage doors is huge. That was that's always been a part of my oh, my man. big dream. Yeah. So. Now, if I could just get them glass, that's my next in, goal. In the, in the spring and summers of that, when there's a breeze outside and those doors are open, it's awesome. It is the most fun place to be. <laughs> yeah. in like the fact there. you can roll the weights out in the parking lot. Yep. Well, accessibility in the parking lot, too. Yeah. You don't do things outside. Like left yeah. it in the sun, right? Like, in the sun, music bumping. Yeah. yeah. Springtime rolls awesome. around. Awesome. Awesome. And I don't miss the MRSA carpet at all. <laughs> MRSA carpet. Oh, yeah, our, our second location, half of the floor was wooden. <laughs> And it would, we couldn't lift any weights on that area, or it would just crash down into the basement that was filled with water. It was a, it was a cool place, but uh, yeah, we don't miss that that very much at all. Of course, now we have stone holes in the. Yeah, now, yeah, now that now these big strong guys just break my concrete. Whoa, I haven't broken any concrete. <laughs> several bars when I started here, but I think those were the other ones you pulled out of the trash. Yeah, those were the trash bars. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, last but not least, it kind of goes with the, the community aspect, is our free table. It's kind of like Goodwill for the gym people. It's like, how, how many times have we seen um, free gym clothes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or shoes I, given away. I put some lifters up there. So yeah. I, yeah. Went, I went through a phase where I tried every protein bar known to man. And all the ones I didn't like, I just dropped them off on the table. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all the ones I hated, I shucked them. Exactly right. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> maybe that's what it was. My cooler was too close to the free table. That's what the confusion was. Yeah. Um, you guys got anything else to add? No, I mean I think it's just the uh, the, the the coming to a, having a destination, having accountability, and then having a great place to train uh, is totally better than you know 
I think training at your house and things like that. And I, we understand why people do that, but uh, I think there's it's it's superior to come to a place. And also, I was talking to one of my clients earlier. You know, the idea is having a definitive start and end. Yeah. You know, when you're home or somewhere, you know, like you get caught up, things like that. So having a place where you have an agenda, you're in, you're out. But also, I think the other big factor is when you develop those relationships. I think your fitness goals are much easier to meet. And then you have a place where instead of going online, or so many people do, like they go online look at, but whereas you have people who you can talk to yeah. that have done it, have expertise, have have certifications, have you know things like that that you can talk to. And I think it's much easier to expedite your. Mm-hmm. Your goals yeah. and so I can tell you it's way less challenging once you're here to get a workout in then. Yes. Than it is when you're at your house and you're like, Well yeah, just go ahead and flip on Netflix, make a sandwich and sit on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a the rock. hardest thing is getting into the yeah, that's what, that's yeah. you get here, I mean you're already yeah. committed. You're, yeah. you're already yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not and I'm not knocking any other places, but I grew up, you know, training the wide and about that. And having a more private space mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's far better because trying to get an effective workout when you're dealing with so many like people that are just like general that aren't training but are there just to work quote unquote work out. Yeah. Hard to just navigate, get good equipment, get the right equipment. You look at things like that. Yeah. But when you come in here, you're in a training gym that's designed for helping people reach their goals. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you come in here, much easier to yeah. navigate that's the gym the, and get the right workout. You know, like. It's the, the beauty of the community, right? Like training, if you're pushing yourself, is uncomfortable anyway. So to come to a place that you're comfortable. And then to do the stuff that's uncomfortable, I think with a group of people, with a group of people, right? Everybody's uncomfortable. I can tell you right now, for the most part, (coughs) most people aren't in here just doing stuff they're comfortable with day in and day out. That's not what we're designed to do. (laughs) Exactly, right? Programming is for. Yeah, yeah. Um, So to do that in a group of people, right? Misery loves company to some degree, but when you build that bond and that community, it just makes it a much better experience overall. You don't mind the uncomfortable part of training because you're doing it with a bunch of people you like who are chasing the same goals. Yep. Yep. So <clears throat> our next podcast, what we're going to do is we're kind of going to dive into um, a couple of these points that, that I made in the uh, When the Fat Loss Stops podcast. I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to look at the calories. Maybe and, a new roundtable for that one. Huh? Maybe a new roundtable group for that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Um, yeah, well, it'll probably be me talking a lot. Is that got sweetener in it? Uh, <laughs> is that got artificial sweeteners? <laughs> Um, so what I, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to dial in on, uh, the cut more calories or add more calories concept. Um, so we'll kind of detail how, yeah, how to, how to assess that and then kind of mix that with, um, revving up your workout that point where, uh, we're looking back on your schedule and seeing how it's changed. Um, and, uh take those two points and, and put together a plan for you. So thanks for joining us. Uh, hope you enjoyed our ramblings and we will see you next week.